Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a 10 $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It is 10.26, a little late to the panel this morning, but the quality will make up for that. Don't you worry about it. And John Day is on the panel this morning, and uh, so too uh, is Hamish Bidwell. Um, John Day, goodness me, have you ever presided over a period of uh, New Zealand rugby like this? Because a lot of people saying we haven't had one. No, you're exactly right, Smithy. Worst of my lifetime. I um, wrote for Today FM the other day, uh, and that includes 1998 when we lost those five in a row. Just... The teams we're losing to these days and three in a row at home, it just hurts like never before, Smithy. And yeah, a new low, I think, for the All Blacks on Saturday night, which is not good for anyone really, is it? No, it's not good. Um, and the feeling around the, the place is unbelievable. I mean, it was like I wasn't in a New Zealand stadium the other night because Argentina, the, the small as it was, in terms of their support power patterns, their support players, etc., took over the joint. Uh, with their passion and excitement, it was it was quite weird. Yeah, well, I, I good on Christchurch people because they could have booed in Foster and done all of that, but by all accounts, they welcomed them. They were cheering on the All Blacks, trying to get them behind them. But that last twenty minutes was just so insipid, wasn't it? And there was just nothing happening. Richie Moonga kind of went into a shell again in an All Blacks jersey, and then stubbing the captain once again and putting on a debutant for forty, fifty seconds, just. So many bad things happened in that last 20 minutes. And, man, this team, again, faces another uphill battle going into a week after a loss, which is just happening over and over again, Smithy. Good morning to uh, Hamish Bidwell as well. Last time we spoke to you, Hamish, I think you were uh, quarantining yourself down one end of the house. Um, I I would imagine uh, an all-black loss to Argentina doesn't look any better when you're in quarantine as such. Not when you've seen it before, Ian. Um, Like two years ago, or not when we've seen a consistent pattern of underwhelming, um, inaccurate, insipid was the word I heard before, performances from this team. And, and we sort of, we allow Ian Foster to come out every week and scratch his head and go, oh, yeah, it's a learning curve. Oh, you know, we're rebuilding. Oh, it's challenging. Oh, test rugby's hard. Oh, we're trying. Like, that's, I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't want to round on the man. I think we've all done more than enough of that, but this isn't good enough. And... Whether we change wholesale the players, whether we change the coach, whether NZR suddenly develop a spine and say, look, we've done you a disservice and they go, like, something has to change. You can't just pretend this is fine and, and, and debate the merits of losses that we see with, you know, the same patterns every week. Like, it can't continue like this, surely. 
Well, what what will make it not continue, Hamish? That's that's the thing. And I mean, uh, I, I don't imagine um, Ian Foster's going to fall on his sword, is he? No. So I've been reminded uh, in the last day or two of Laurie Maines' era, and with all due respect for Laurie, probably for the first two or three years of his tenure, he fumbled around in the dark, and then there was that game at the Sydney Football Stadium in 1994. They stumbled upon a way to play. Now, the thing that they did that backed that up was they decided we need different athletes to play this game. We're going to have to give away some tried and true players. We're going to have to abandon what we've done because what we're doing isn't working. If we want, in Laurie Maines' case, to win the 1995 World Cup, we have to do something different with different athletes. So let's get those athletes, let's train them up, and let's make a change. And they did that in an off-season, and they went to 1995 and they damn near won it, as we all remember. It's like, it is achievable. You can have a campaign that's not working, you can have results that are disappointing, and you can change it up, and that would be the blueprint for me. Okay, what's your blueprint for this week, John Day? Uh, For this week, geez, there's a lot they can improve on, that's for sure. Smithy, the attack was a funny one for me. I thought we went back into our shell at Christchurch, um, which was weird. I thought Joe Schmidt would come in and allow them to play with the freedom that we saw at Alice Park. Offloads. That's what I want to see uh, from the All Blacks, and I want to see us try and turn over some ball at ruck time. I mean, it seems like a lost art. We used to have heaps of players who were going over the ball, like, uh, I don't know, Andrew Hoare and Comrade Smith, and just didn't seem to matter who, what number's on your jersey. So I want to have a crack at the ball, and we just don't seem to be turning over ball, and that's when the All Blacks are at their best on counter-attack. So I just, tell, I just want to see some attacking endeavour, um, change-ups, offloads, having a crack at ruck time. Smitty, I want to see quite a lot this week. Well, you want to see some change of players then? Um, essentially, I guess so. Um, yeah, because I think we've got the right voices now in the, in the coaching staff or in the support system at least. I, I just think everyone in the back line has kind of underperformed this year and every spot is open ahead of next year's World Cup. I don't think anyone in that back line can put their hand up and be like, yep, I'm a lock-in. Uh, so, yeah, just some confidence in that back line. I don't know, some flair. They just went back into their shell and crush and, and paid the price, I thought. Here's a blueprint for you, Hamish Bidwell. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, I'd say, whew, three weeks, we were saying, we'll do something in the front row. This is not working. You know, we got... Um, we're getting blitz in the front row. We're not getting mobility out of them. You know, scrummages under pressure, etc. Uh, so we did. We changed them. We put some of uh, a young front row in. Look what happened. And now we got dominance for 50 minutes too until they took them off against Argentina. So it can be seen that if you make changes within the group and go younger and just do something, it can work. So why won't we see it again? Well, I guess there's been that pressure to try and win, so you put your best team out there. It's funny that after all these years, we're sort of pining for rotation a little. But like guys like Tuivasa-Shek, Perifeta, Papali'i, uh, Sebu Reese, Jordan, a fullback. Like I think it's probably time to give those guys a go. Tupo Vai in, uh, in the second row. Like we are not achieving anything by sticking with what we've had because that's not working. And as you say, we made a wholesale, unexpected change in the front row. We said to guys like Lolala. Tungafasi, Taobao, you're you're gone. You may never play for the All Blacks again. We're going young. We're going with a bit more vigour. We're going with some scrummaging power, which we've lacked. Like, if you do it in one part of the park, have the courage to do it elsewhere, you know? That's that's what I was talking about before with the Laurie Mains thing and saying to guys like Kronfeld and Osborne and Lomu, you are the mainstays of this team. You are critical to our success. We are trying something different. 
Totally agree. Totally agree. 10.32 here on SCNZ. We'll have a quick uh, news break, and when we come back, uh, we'll look at a, another couple of issues as well with uh, Hamish Bidwell and John Day. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. John Day with us this morning, as is uh, Hamish Bidwell. And Hamish, if we can talk uh, just very briefly about uh, cricket and contracts, and uh, obviously with uh, Colin de Gronholm, he's got a different one than the rest of the New Zealand's uh, cricket centrally contracted cricketers because he can sign without anyone, uh, he can sign for another league without anyone knowing. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, he's gone about it the wrong way. I think we'll get to an outcome where he does play for the Adelaide Strikers and he relinquishes his New Zealand cricket contract. I don't think they see probably, despite contracting him, I'm not sure that there's a desperate need for him in that 11 uh, in any form of the game at the moment. And at 36, I think it is, it's probably time for him to, to walk away. He should have communicated that. He should have handled things better. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, it makes him look a bit unprofessional and a bit foolish, but I think we'll get to an outcome and, and people will just move on. He's not Trent Bolt. He's not Kane Williamson. He's not Ross Taylor. His absence for the team will not leave a hole that can't be filled. In fact, he's you know, battling to make the team. So, did things poorly. Uh, I think Heath Mills from the Players Association will smooth things over and we'll see um, Colin DeGrantheim playing in the Big Bash. Yeah, I, I think we probably will. He's always been uh, mullet and all John Day. He's always just been a little different, Colin. Yeah, he certainly has. And communication, working in the media, has never been a strong suit of Colin DeGrantheim's. Uh, so, yeah, this is very... Uh, very surprising, but um, yeah, it just seems like Smithy we're heading down kind of the road of the West Indies and we're just losing all our explosive cricket options uh, and they're all just going to play T20s. Like, these guys are match winners. I know they're not first choice, like Hamish said, but, um, you know, Nishim and, well, Bolt's first choice, but, you know, Nishim and Munro and guys who can ice your games and win your games just won't be available for New Zealand at times, which is always a little bit frustrating, but it's the way of the world. Why wouldn't you? at that age, especially go off and play T20 and make mega cash if you can. What's, what's our Super Smash looking like, John, now that uh, the UAE is on pretty much at the same time? Uh, the Big Bash has always been at counter, uh, at odds with it, and um, I know we're talking about South Africa. I mean, what about our Super Smash? Goodness me. Yeah, it's going to be pretty low-key, isn't it? Like, the NPC is so low-key as well. I can't believe it this year. It just seems like it's going under the radar like never before. It just seems like domestic sports just Heading that way at that level, Smithy, if they haven't got the best players because they're off playing for bigger cash around the world, then you're going to have an inferior product at home and you're not going to inspire that next generation. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame, but that's just the way it works. Classic Shield games this year, um, uh, Hamish Bidwell. Uh, Hawks Bay have been um, uh, there. It's still there. It's still in the cabinet. But, by God, um, it's been close. And I'm not expecting any different uh, when Southland have a crack or uh, Wellington if they get a chance. It just shows you what a burden that is. I mean, it's a grand final for all the all the challenges, and it takes a huge amount out of teams. And Hawks Bay, it's a real manful effort they're putting up to retain it, but it, it does take its toll, and it may affect their campaign going on. While they put all their effort into, into defence, perhaps they're not going to be as explosive or as fit and able. They're going to have to re- rotate guys when they're away. So I don't know what that'll do to their sort of championship aspirations, but. It's just great to have the shield here. I mean, I was reading um, the other day of Canterbury's 25 defences of the 1980s. I think Hawks were up to 13. Like, it's a hell of an effort just to get to 13. We see the shield turned over so often, but it's great for Hawks Bay. Like, I, I know school kids around town who've seen the shield, had it come to school, get to touch it. Like, it's 
the magic's worn off a little and it's hard to judge form. You know, we're talking about rejuvenating the All Blacks. The Safa Amua, to me, has been outstanding for Wellington. But how do you judge his form because of the calibre of the competition? Should he go into the All Blacks as Takeaho's number two? He would for me, but it's really hard to judge form because of the, the calibre of teams with more players we're seeing in the NPC. Let's uh, change tack again, um, fellas, and uh, what a performance by uh, Rory McIlroy, John, to win the Tours Championship. A lot of money in the bank for him. I don't think money really matters uh, to Rory at this point. Um, but uh, it was a terrific win for the PGA because at the end of the day, he has been their lead spokesman. Yeah, he's chugged it all on his shoulders. And is that four times now he's won the FedEx, Smithy? Is it it's, it's, three or four? Yes. It's yeah, third, mate. first yeah. first guy to do that. Oh, third first guy to do that, and with all that pressure, like he he's put it on his own shoulders, really, hasn't he? Um, and he's done a tremendous job. Like talk about playing under pressure, he does it better than most. So it's a big win for the PGA, and they're trying to match live golf, Smithy. And how do you see it all kind of playing out? Are these going to uh, guys going to make up amiably, or is this like going to be a rift that's going to stick around forever? Well, I'm not sure it'll ever be amiable, uh, to be honest, because uh, very publicly, uh, a lot of things have been said about individuals. I mean, there were, uh, before Liv came around, there was always rifts on the PGA anyway, with Patrick Reed never seemed to be able to find a friend, etc. Uh, and that exists, relationships exist in any form of competition, and, and poor relationships as well, but... For my point, uh, Hamish, but we've we've just seen uh, confirmed that uh, Cam Smith's gone, Mark Leishman's gone, nah, Joachim Neiman's gone. So they're pretty high-profile players in their own countries as well. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I've probably asked you this before, but we always bring it up when another group goes across. Where you, where you see it going from this point? Yeah, I mean, there's a few strands to what you talk about there. One thing that American. Um, Golf people are noticing is that the same fealty to the tour doesn't exist with an international player. So you mentioned Neiman, Chilean, Smith, Leishman, Australian. Like they don't have the same tie to the tour. They 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 actually probably do want a more of a global game. They actually do want more freedom to play in places like Australia. Cam Smith, for instance, hasn't been home to Brisbane in three years for you know golf and COVID-related reasons. So. It's a big deal for him. And as you mentioned before, too, relationships are suffering. We've seen Lee Westwood have a bit of a dart in the media, a guy like McElroy dart back. Like we talked about the famed European Ryder Cup squad spirit. Well, that's, that's gone to custard because guys are on different sides of the fence and they're sniping at each other. And it's unfortunate. Um, as younger guys go, like Neiman, uh, like Smith, I think we get closer to a reproach one and um, the two tours perhaps learning to coalesce. Um, that's not going to happen in the, in the immediate term. There's talk that Greg Norman may move away from, from leading the Live Tour and they may get someone less combative involved that could perhaps negotiate with the PGA Tour. Um, but when you lose younger guys rather than a Poulter and a Westwood, then you, you are damaging the PGA Tour product. And it was a great fillet for the, um, for the PGA Tour for McElroy to win in the weekend and win legit too. He had, you know, Scotty Sheffler had the 10-shot head start and, and McElroy ran him down and, and won legit if it was a a stroke play or a net. So, um, yeah, interesting times for golf. I don't think they're going to come together in a hurry, but I think they eventually will. Right, OK. Um, I, I think you're probably right, actually. Uh, and there'll be a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of remarks in the meantime. Uh, and then at some point uh, they will come together. But I, I'll tell you what, they might, um, for my way of thinking, and they might not be with Greg Norman at the helm. I think the pain and the, and the hurt there, uh, they might need to get a, a much more 
shall we say, I won't say neutral, uh, much more um, confident, uh, layback sort of a front man for a live for the PGA, etc., to sit down with them because I don't think they'd sit down with Norman at any point at the moment. But that's just by the by. Speaking of uh, con- uh, controversial people and <clears throat> how they are regarded, John Day, this uh, could well be Serena Williams' place today, could well be her last ever appearance. What will be her legacy for you, Serena Williams? The greatest of all time, claiming she's better than Margaret Court uh, already, or what, what will it be for you in, in terms of Serena? Well, I think she's ticked every box there is in sport. I know you say controversial, but when you compare it to an NRL player, pretty squeaky clean. What, two controversies? Pretty bad ones, albeit over a 27-year professional career, threatening to what put a ball in a line person's throat and then stealing Naomi Osaka's moment. Um, they were bad, but I don't think it completely tarnishes her legacy. She's made the most money out of any female athlete of all time, won the most titles in the open era. Um, I think she built on what Skippy Kraft did for women's tennis and made it even better with her power and her grit. Uh, now, everyone in the women's game, it seems, plays with power, which is great to watch as a spectator. So I think she changed the game, won the most titles, made the most money, so therefore is probably the best female athlete we've seen. Amos Bradwell, uh, your impression of uh, Serena Williams, if today is your last day? Uh, not my favourite athlete. I think it's a shame she's gone on this long. Um, not unlike Tiger Woods in a way, Nicholas holds the record for golf majors and Margaret Court for tennis. But, but as Woods, Tiger Woods is the benchmark for all golfers, now Serena Williams will be the benchmark for professional female tennis players. She's set new standards, achieved amazing things. Um, even just in terms of, as John alluded to, prize money, like the game is far more lucrative for female players. There's equal prize money in events because of Serena Williams. The global appeal she had, the reach, the inspiration she provided for tens of millions of people around the world of colour to participate in was like Woods in a sport that was pretty Anglo-Saxon, pretty traditional. She's been a trailblazer and she will be the one that all good players from here on are measured against. Okay, uh, thank you very much this morning to uh, Hamish Bidwell and for uh, John Day as being part of the panel. Uh, Interesting thoughts. Uh, It's 10.44 here on SENZ. We'll have another panel tomorrow at the same time. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.